sure it still hurts. It has to hurt. You had to give up one player in the NHL expansion draft, and you gave up two. And then both of those guys go to that new team and do really well. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not easy. And just wait until your favorite team is playing against their team tonight in Seattle. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. It will be Penguins versus Kraken at the... I was going to say new. It's not new. It's like a dramatically refurbished old place that they're now calling Climate Pledge Arena. And it is going to be a little bit strange seeing Brandon Tanev and Jared McCann on the other side. Not because they were here and made their mark for forever. It's belong in a Pittsburgh sweater or any other nonsense like that, but just because, you know, they they could still be here doing what they've done in Seattle, and they didn't need to be given away for nothing. As it is, Jared McCann is second on the Seattle roster with 10 goals. He's fourth in points with 15. Tanev's got eight goals and five assists. These guys are both off to career best starts. And you can tell yourself, well, that's just because they're on an expansion team and they're getting all kinds of extra opportunity and ice time. And it's just not the case. When you see McCann and Tanev take the ice tonight, when you're watching, you'll see that they're on Seattle's third line flanking Morgan Geeky as the number three center. They just happen to be really good hockey players who didn't both need to be lost. That's that's the part that hurts here. One of them was going to go. Look, there are storylines about players that you regret losing in an expansion draft all across the league. That was really true with the Vegas draft in which George McPhee was squeezing the life out of every other general manager in the league. But it's true of what Ron Francis was able to do with this draft as well. Did the Penguins protect the right guys, leave the wrong guys unprotected? You can have that debate uh, into infinity. And the case that I would cite in Pittsburgh's favor, meaning the decisions that that Ron Hextall and Brian Burke made at the time, would be Teddy Bluger. That was the one that I thought, if you let Teddy go, you could find a way to replace him. You had, you know, X number of centers available, uh, including Radim Zahorna in the system. You'd find a way to, you know, to... It would still be a loss, but it wouldn't be one that could really haunt you the way let's say, oh, if McCann pops 30 in Seattle and he's actually on a pace to do a lot more than that. We'll see if he holds it up, but I'm just saying. As it is, Bluger has continued to be a very good player 
for the Penguins. And as it is, it should be noted that Hextel and Burke also went out and got some pretty good replacements. Brock Begin's been a good player. Danton Heinen's been a good player. They're not exactly the same types of players. They have some skills that the other guys don't and vice versa. But it's still losing assets, and it's not the greatest way to run a sports team. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Our website, DK Pittsburgh Sports, of course, is on the road with the team in Seattle. Dave Molinari, our beat reporter, is out there. And we spoke with both of these guys yesterday at the Kraken's practice facility. This was Tanev and and his thoughts on uh, how all that came down. I mean, it's, it's all part of a business, and um, you know that's a decision uh, management and the team um, chose to go with, and it's uh, it's part of hockey. You know, you, you have good memories and you know be, uh, lifelong friends and the teammates you've played with and, and people you've met in Pittsburgh. But at the same time, uh, you know, really excited for the opportunity um, from Seattle. But at the same time, I really enjoyed my experience in Pittsburgh and can't say nothing about good things about the city, the fans, and the organization. And here's McCann on the same subject, also not exactly burning any bridges. I mean, yeah, there was uh, a little bit of surprise for sure. You know, I had a career year there, and, um, you know, it was getting a good opportunity to play. And um, But, uh, you know, it's a business, and, you know, it's something I've experienced pretty early in my career. So, um, you know, but I'm excited to play against those guys. Yeah, I hope they do great. I, I hope both of them do great. They, they, they were... Uh, Good citizens here in Pittsburgh. They were really good hockey players. And I still feel like there's a way that you could have gotten through this expansion draft without losing both of them. To say that you did this or that in the name of a salary cap savings or because you thought you needed it to pick up free agents when you really only added Heinen and McGinn or that you were eager to move Tanev, this is another one that I've heard, not necessarily from inside the Penguins, but more just as a theory that gets espoused is that they didn't want to hang on to the remaining four years of Tanev's contract, which is a a pretty significant commitment for a guy who relies on a speed and energy game, taking him well into his 30s. Still, you know, McCann, really, really... You could have just lost Tanev, and you could have replaced Tanev, and you could have found a way to work with McCann and try to get him to continue the breakout that, by the way, began here in Pittsburgh. It's not like his renaissance hit him when he put on that fish uniform. It happened here, and it could have continued happening here. Whatever. I'm. Sh- I, I, I'll tell you this much. I guarantee you that it won't be much of a topic of conversation in the Penguins locker room, either at the skate today in Seattle and certainly not by the time the puck drops. The Penguins need to get home with some points. Three of a possible six so far. Eh. We'll see. We'll see. They need to come home with more than that. 
When we come back, just one question. Just one question that's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. FuboTV.com slash DK. And today's J1Q comes from Jerry, who asks, DK, you've criticized Jake Gensel earlier in the season, and since then you've kind of done a self-correction with a compliment. You've also admitted changing your view of the Anaheim guy of late. Go for the hat trick. Is there a third one to confess? I feel obligated first here, Jerry, before I get into... uh, any any additional confessions pointing out that when you criticize someone in the moment and it's about the moment and then later the player gets a lot better your initial criticism wasn't wrong it's not something that you retract it's just being open-minded Jake, in his first, I'd say, eight, possibly nine games, wasn't doing enough to create his own offense. That's a concern with a player like that because he has spent so much time playing alongside Sidney Crosby. And yes, there are extensive metrics over the past couple seasons to illustrate that Sid benefits just as much, at at times even more, from being with Jake than the other way around. There's still a comfort zone that's there. They're still looking over and seeing the greatest player of his generation. And when Jake falls into that rut, I'm not going to be shy about calling it out, even though I know, and did say this at the time, he's going to score again. That, to me, is a fair criticism. Danton Heinen, which is, of course, your reference with the Anaheim guy, was a little different. Danton Heinen, I didn't know anything about. Danton Heinen, I looked at and saw $1.5 million of salary that could have been committed to either having a smarter approach through the expansion draft, as I mentioned in the first segment, or keeping Cody Cece. So Heinen wasn't as much about his own merit as it was what his money and his cap space could have meant to the Penguins. I actually didn't know hardly anything about the guy. I mean, looked at his numbers and whatever, but that's not the same thing as watching him play. Certainly not the same as watching him play night after night the way we can now. This is a pretty good hockey player. I don't think he's great. Uh, I don't think there was any grave mistake or, you know, understatement as to what his value is to the team. Um, If he ends up with 20 goals, it'll be a career high. He has that pace now, but he doesn't get all that many chances, you know, scoring chances. 
and as a result, I'm skeptical that he'd be able to continue at the rate that he has unless he's just, you know, a really brilliant finisher. And he's done some decent finishing, but nothing spectacular. So are you asking if there's a player or two or three that that maybe you know, that I've been criticizing that I'm ready to walk it back or whatever? I, I don't I don't have that at the moment, Jerry. Uh, I've tried to be as transparent as possible when it comes to Tristan Jari, who's the one that will jump out because I spent the entire summer criticizing him. And now, of course, he's been fantastic. I have found, and this really doesn't have much to do with sports, but more to do with life, that it's just a lot healthier to stay open-minded and open-eared to new information. When new information hits you, sticking to a stubborn stance just so that you can sound like, you know, Joe Blow the hot take machine, it isn't worth it for me. It isn't worth it. I, I'm not that in need of uh, being right. You know, I don't feel like I need to be right all the time. I'd rather just share with you what I'm thinking. And if it sounds like it moves, the only thing I can say back to you is that I hope it moves based on new information, something new that we've experienced in relation to that player. Um I'll give you a great example, though, since you phrased your question so nicely. And this goes back years. Remember when Brian Rust came up? Do you remember what he was like? This was in the 2015-16 season. Brian Rust played with the equivalent of horse blinders on. Couldn't see a blessed thing to his left or right. And the way he was skating with the puck, I don't know that he even really cared. You can't even picture this version of Rust if all you know is the current one. But those of us who go back a few years will remember what he was like when he came up. He grew his game as much as any player I've covered, like in my life. He just kept getting better and better. Why? So smart, so dedicated, but also fast and skilled. And he kept adding and adding and adding, and it is not in the past tense. Believe me, if, if, if Brian Russ was listening to this podcast right now, he would object to the past tense more than anything. So what do you do when that happens? Do you say, Rust is a really selfish player who will never make a good pass? And then Rust becomes a really pretty decent puck distributor over the course of his career not to mention a multiple stanley cup champion and a first line winger in the nhl so what do you do do you just hold on to the old position just because you want to show everybody that you're the boss no thanks man no thanks i appreciate the the question jerry i appreciate everybody listening to daily shot of penguins we'll do another one tomorrow